Hello and welcome on The Barricades. My name is Bujan Stanislavski. I will be your host. And today we're going to be talking about Bulgaria, or more precisely about the political landscape that has emerged after the recent parliamentary elections, uh, which were the fifth early parliamentary elections in the last two years. Um, if I remember correctly, uh, it was uh, pretty symbolic because they took place on the 2nd of April and the first of first general early elections of this row of early elections, as I mentioned, took place exactly on the 2nd of April, two years ago. And uh, since then, we are in a situation in Bulgaria, which is often referred to as a political, deep political crisis. I don't necessarily agree with that. We can talk about it a little later. But let me now bring in our our guest, who is Bujin Trajkov. He is a Bulgarian political commentator and analyst and a journalist and uh, a teacher also. That's actually his main occupation. Welcome to the show, Bujin, and thanks for taking the time to, uh, to join us here and to talk about Bulgaria and the political situation there. Thank you very much for having me, and uh, I'd like to greet your viewers as well, um, and uh, I'm glad to be here. Right, thanks. And uh, yeah, tell me, please, what are your general impressions, if you have any new impressions, because, you know, really, I I'm trying to be as as careful and as assertive when I look at what's uh, what's going on in Bulgaria, what has been going on over the last two years, and, you know, elections after elections, uh, nothing really changing, governments pushed uh, to be formed mostly by, uh, you know, in, in Bulgaria, they would say by the American embassy, which technically could be the case, but, you know, it's just pushed by the geopolitical hegemon uh, of Bulgaria, which is the United States, and, and with pretty much one task to fulfill that is form a government whatever the majority would be even if it's for a couple of weeks but form the government and make sure a decision is pushed through the parliament that bulgaria will be officially officially joined like absolutely officially 100 on board with all the anti-russian pro-ukrainian you know uh, collective west euro-atlantic whatever you want to call this entity uh you know, that they are on board with them. They're they're going to be sending weapons. They're going to be sending soldiers. They're going to be, you know, joining the PR campaign and all the rest of it. And up until now, you know, they have not really managed, in my opinion, to actually carry out this task to the full. Now, uh, do you think that there could I'm be sorry, a government there was board? a technical difficulty and I couldn't hear what you said the last maybe two minutes can you please ah, sorry repeat? okay sure yeah let me let me repeat that uh yeah we we're, we're experiencing some technical uh, problems here so i said that for the last two years we've had one government after another pushed to be formed uh by you know centers of power of of like you know uh like in bulgaria they often say they often refer to oh the american embassy has formed this government and technically that could be the case although you know of course behind the american embassy is the major hegemon which is the United States. And, you know, it's, it's got not only the embassy, it's got multiple uh, so-called institutions of civic society, mostly NGOs and foundations and associations, all the rest of it. Uh, and, uh, and, and the task of the government that was assigned to them by this hegemon was form a government and push through a law through the parliament that would actually put Bulgaria fully 100% on board with the collective West, with the, you know, with the Euro-Atlantic um, uh, conglomeration of countries, uh, so that Bulgaria sends weapons, sends maybe soldiers and joins the PR stunt 
which has been in place uh, for the last uh, 24, well, yeah, sorry, not 24, 12, 13 months uh, against Russia in favor of Ukraine and so on and so forth. And they have not managed to quite do that yet. I mean, they've, they've tried, they've achieved something, but they're not there yet because the majority of the society, the general sentiment in Bulgaria is completely opposed uh, to that. So how, how do you think they're going to square the circle this time around? Are they going to pressure the two main uh, parties that have emerged uh, as, as victorious, so to say, uh, uh, within the last uh, elections that took place last Sunday? That is the old, um, well, the old, yeah, I mean, in a sense, traditional right-wing party led by Boyko Borisov, the almost 15 years uh, who served almost uh, 15 years as a, as a prime minister of Bulgaria, you know, his party, GERB, was the linchpin, I think, of the mafia-style kind of governing in Bulgaria. And then there is this uh, so-called we continue the change and democratic Bulgaria conglomeration of parties who are, uh, of people really, who are obsessively pro, uh, pro-Western, I mean, obsessively to the extent that you really think it's psychiatric and not political and do you think they could actually come together in any in any uh, in any form and actually do something with regards to the main wish of the political hegemon that is Washington in Bulgaria or do you think they will be somehow uh, it's going to be too difficult and they they will have to find another way to somehow go about it what's what's your general take let's start off there uh, first, uh, let me say that uh, the difference between these elections and the ones two years ago is actually exactly 1%. I think the last time it was 39% and uh, this time it's 40% uh, people who voted, which means uh, a minority, which means that the elections are uh, highly unpopular, I, I mean, meaning that uh, people voting uh, are... Um, for the for the for the most part, the people voting for the so-called two winning parties, uh, GERP and uh, uh, continuing uh, the change or whatever <laughs> is this translation, uh, they actually have their core, let's say, uh, electorate. Uh, but uh, interestingly enough, uh, the 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 party that uh, that that is uh, the the pro let, let's say uh, the the party that uh, frames itself as the party of the civilizational choice that Bulgaria made, which means the Euro-Atlantic values and uh, uh, Bulgaria being member of uh, NATO and uh, European Union. Uh, uh, ab- above any kind of uh, of of, uh, of um, interests that are concerned interest of of, uh, of of the state as an independent state above that uh, and uh, the emphasis being on uh, solidarity this is a word that they use which is so strange because that comes from the left lexicon but they use that word like solidarity with uh, with the Euro- European Union and uh, and uh, and NATO, uh, that uh, that's the uh, those parties, uh, even though they uh, made a coalition uh, between uh, two, the two of the most uh, kind of like uh, uh, parties uh, that are the protectors of the the Euro-Atlantic values, they have about seventy thousand uh, voters that actually swayed towards. Uh, 
the party that uh, are they are accusing of being a pro-Russian party, which is Vazrajdeni, uh, uh, right? So it's called revival, I think. That's, that's revival, the translation. Yes, yes, revival, yeah. um, which probably we'll talk about. So yeah. um, the thing about these elections, to me, it seems that what is different is that I believe that a majority of uh, the people uh, who uh, uh, did not vote. First of all, did not vote because uh, not because they uh, don't probably have uh, their own uh, sort of uh, understanding of uh, how things should work. Since uh, statistically, we see that about 70 percent, between 70 and 80 percent of the Bulgarian population uh, firmly believes that Bulgaria should stay neutral neutral in this conflict, which means not sending weapons and, and especially not sending, uh, you know, soldiers, not sending actual people in uh, at the war zone. Um, and uh, but 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 it's paradoxical because on on, uh, uh, on the one hand uh, you actually have. Uh, uh, that uh, that kind of uh, that that's the sort of the the, the collect the collectively that is the um, let's say the, the opinion of the majority of the population here of the people uh, and on the other hand uh, you have a very low vote uh, uh, I think that this is due to a very big vacuum in on in, in terms of in the left side of the political spectrum, uh, even though there was an attempt for a formation that would be that was alternative to uh, the Socialist Party, uh, the Socialist Party discredited itself by actually going along with what you were saying, uh, which is uh, uh, this attempt to uh, present Bulgaria as on board with uh, every kind of. Uh, uh, escalation of uh, the conflict in Ukraine and this uh, Russophobic, uh, you know, anti-Russian sentiments, um, which historically and culturally Bulgarians are, would, would be hard to slow for for Bulgarians, right? So um, I think that uh, the sort of the situation here, what is different here, is there is fear in society that the war is actually coming to our door and. Uh, and maybe that is why uh, the revival party, uh, which is a very interesting political animal, uh, uh, got um, uh, about uh, hundred thousand. Uh, actually, increased their their. Um, I mean, the uh, the their, yeah, their, their presence in politics. They've increased their presence in in the parliament. Yes. They are now the third political force, which is like one of the major parties. But let's talk about them a little later. I want to talk yeah. briefly about about the question um, of the low uh, turnout at the polls, because this is this is something that by the Euro-Atlantic analysts, you know, those people who speak on behalf of the West and so on, they say, oh, Bulgarians, you know, they are politically ignorant. They don't know what democracy is. They don't know they should go and vote, that this is their freedom. This is their choice. This is the power that they actually can exercise and so on and so forth. Now, look, if I were a Bulgarian voter, which I mean, I technically am, but I can barely vote because I most I spend most of my time here in Poland, which is where I've lived for the last nearly 30 years. Uh, so, uh, you know, I I think it's just very, very offensive, insulting to speak about Bulgarians that way, because it's you guys, you in the West who have organized it in a way that the Bulgarian society has been screaming at the top of its lungs 
for some kind of leftist alternative. And for the last 30 years, they were getting, a, each, each time around they voted, they were getting a right-wing government. It's your... Your, uh, it's the result of your shenanigans, guys. Like I, I'm, I'm talking here not only about you know the so-called civic society. Uh, I'm not. I'm talking not only which is supported by by Western governments I'm, and its organizations like various foundations and stuff like that. I'm talking here not only about the European Commission, not only about the American Embassy, but also about uh, you know the the kind of political parties, the political entities, because they m- most of them are not really parties that are linked to certain circles of political representation in the West, not least the Bulgarian party GERB, which has been in power for nearly 15 years, uh, was a creation of the German conservatives, right? We can talk about that mm-hmm. sometime later, not on, not, not on this episode. But, you, you know, it's like, it's not the Bulgarians who have been making the choice. It's someone abroad who has been making the choice using some groups within the Bulgarian society to manipulate the elections so that the turnout, the, the actual result does not reflect even remotely the political sentiments uh, on, the, on the part of the majority of the Bulgarian society. How do you want people to vote in this kind of situation? I don't, I, you know, I don't blame them. I don't blame the Bulgarian voters. They go pick mushrooms instead of, you know, voting because... Like what kind of you know what, what what sort of sense does it even make? So how 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 would you comment on this? Well, let me make a parallel. Uh, I think before the um, Bernie Sanders came to the scene uh, in the United States, as uh, it's, if I remember correctly, uh, voting outcome was. Uh, pretty much exactly the same situation, very low uh, outcome and always voting was uh, voting for lesser evils in the United States because I have lived there for a while. And I remember that situation very clearly. I remember this apathy, the political apathy and uh, the absolute kind of like uh, going to uh, to vote with uh, almost with disgust and voting for a lesser uh, of two evils and uh, all that situation. So um in that sense, I think we're not much different, uh, even though we're a peripheral capitalist state, not much different from, from the core capitalist uh, countries, especially from the major hegemon in, of the capitalist uh, countries. So, um, so uh, and but, but here in this case, I think uh, what is different now is that uh, uh, again, it is it is this this uh, this uh, uh, fear of uh, the coming war that that could actually become uh, part of Bulgarian uh, reality, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, the only again to go back to to uh, what I wanted to actually stress out here is that no uh, uh, there was no clear um, sort of message on uh, uh, from the left that. Uh, anti-war message from the left that they absolutely under no circumstances will not go or not going to go to be on board in any kind of uh, any any kind of uh, uh, actions that uh, lead to uh, escalation of the war or that lead to taking side in the war right mm-hmm. uh, uh, no clear anti-war message um as a matter of fact, uh, there is there 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 are kind of uh, again uh, what what uh, the socialists did when they were in power uh, actually makes um, uh, discredit them and led to their catastrophic uh, result. 
they had the chance to actually uh, make a stance against the war when there was this uh, whole thing with uh, sending weapons during the, the previous government, the government of the four, the four coalition government, which was government made by these uh, uh, by the party that we discussed, uh, continuation of change and uh, democratic Bulgaria together with the socialists and another party. Uh, but uh, mm, when they had this chance, when the socialists had this chance to actually get out of this coalition, when there were these uh, talks about sending weapons, they did not do it. And uh, mm. and and so I think that was very... Uh, that the nail was, in the coffin, right? That was the nail in the coffin. And unfortunately, uh, the attempt to kind of uh, come up with an, a new block, left block, out of... Uh, Socialists from the Socialist Party and other left uh, forces and in uh, organizations and parties. Uh, I, I guess uh, it was uh, it was too late too late uh, for these elections, and uh, they didn't have enough time uh, for kind of uh, right. to, to produce good results. Yeah, yeah, to produce a proper kind of participation, yeah. right, in the uh, in the political life. But now let's talk a little bit because we've got about ten minutes until. Uh, the end of the segment, we're going to have to go to a hard break. And afterwards, we're probably going to speak more about uh, the Revival Party, which is a very interesting animal, as you said. Uh, and uh, and we won't analyze it, uh, especially if that there's been a lot of a lot of, you know, panicking and, and, and psychosis, even like, you know, even among the left. I mean, when you see what's what's going on, what's been going on for the last couple of days on social or as I like to call them anti-social networks that's that's just so hysterical so histrionic but uh, we can talk about that in the next segment now I want to focus a little bit for the, for the next 10 minutes on the Bulgarian left because I think what you said is very important but it might occur a little confusing to our viewers most of whom are in the west or most of whom are actually in Canada and the United States so let's talk a little bit about the Bulgarian left because the core of the Bulgarian left and please correct me if you feel that I'm saying something which is not accurate uh, the core of the Bulgarian left is the, is the Bulgarian Socialist Party. That has been the traditional structure of the Bulgarian left. And it, um, uh, it was formed uh, over 100 years ago. So it really bears a lot of tradition. I mean, we're talking about a structure with authority which has participated throughout decades and de over a century in the political life of Bulgaria. And, and, and a lot of its political life, a lot of its history, really, of the country is spinning around the history of that party. So, you know, to a large extent, we are like the Scandinavians, like the last 60, 70 years of the of the Swedish history spins around the history of the Swedish Social Democratic Party. Same here. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the history spins around the history of the Bulgarian Socialist Party. Unfortunately, the Socialist Party is now ceasing to exist. I think we can pretty safely say say that. And it's been ceasing to exist over the last 30 years. Uh, in 1944, it transformed itself for about 40-something years until 1989 into Bulgarian Communist Party. And it has been at the head of the state, uh, which has been by, like, uh, you know... You, you can try and deny that, but that, that, that would really be very stupid in the face of all the facts and statistics. But that has been the most progressive period of Bulgarian history yes, I, in, terms I, of I agree. Yes. Yeah, yes. in terms of its development and, and social, cultural, civilizational, industrial and all the rest of it. And, and then, you know, since 1989 or to be more precise, since 1992, really, the Bulgarian Socialist Party has been pushed to admit that everything it had achieved at the head, at being at the head of the state uh, during the period of uh, um, 
well, people's democracy, as they said, <coughs> as they used to refer to it, that it's something, it's something wrong, it's something profoundly, uh, you know, undemocratic, something that deserves only criticism, and it has been going against its own identity for the last 30 years, and finally, with the current uh, leadership, it kind of started, uh, started, Uh, melting itself down uh, among all the kind of, you know, pressures coming from the West, especially around the war in Ukraine. But even before that, it was the party that introduced or helped introducing the flat tax uh, in the beginning of this century. Then it actually allowed building four military bases in Bulgaria, right, uh, by the Americans, by the Americans. Very important. Four military bases by the Americans, which, which are for free. We support them financially. One of these bases in Novo Selo, it has an airport. I mean, the Americans have built an airport there and they transfer things through that airport. I mean, planes fly in, fly out. No Bulgarian customs, no Bulgarian, you know, security, border security guards and so on and so forth. So, you know, the Bulgarian Socialist Party in the last 10, 20 years of history has actually proven to be something completely opposite even to the mild social democratic declarations of its leaders. I mean, it has embraced imperialism. It has embraced, uh, you know, Western chauvinism to a large extent. And also it has embraced this mythology that everybody has to support the businesses now, right? So when you look at its program, I mean, it's almost a right-wing party, really. There are some, you know, social sentiments which place it somewhere else. But I think a lot of people, a lot of people from the Socialist Party have actually moved towards the revival party. But we're going to talk about that in the next segment. Let's talk about the disintegration of the left, the self-disintegration of the left uh, over the recent period here. Well, um, to me, the Bulgarian Socialist Party is uh, at this current, uh, in, in its current state, uh, starting much, much earlier, actually, in uh the, uh, in the period of the uh, so the, the in this 33 year period of okay. uh, transformation of uh, Bulgarian state and society uh, from uh, state socialism to uh, so-called free market democracy, but the capitalist peripheral state is uh, the more kind of uh, the, mm -hmm. the better <laughs> the better yeah. definition. Uh, uh, basically, it has been a new liberal party. I mean, I, uh, especially during uh, the times of uh, the so-called, uh, during the period that you uh, rightly mentioned, uh, Bulgaria's uh, membership in NATO, Bulgaria Socialist Party was part of the uh, ruling uh, uh, government at that time. So B Bulgaria becomes member of NATO during uh, the uh, when Bul the Bulgarian Socialist Party is in power. Uh, Bulgaria becomes uh, members member of uh, European Union when the Bulgarian uh, Socialist uh, Party is uh, in power. Actually, I have to correct myself. I think it was another party in power, but nevertheless, it also can, can, can claimed itself to have leftist ideas uh, that when Bulgaria became part of uh, NATO. Uh, if if uh, I, I might be... I'm, my, my, my yeah, yeah I, I can't remember exactly. NATO, I think there was this funny guy, I mean, funny in a, in a very comical way, uh, who used to be the minister of... Um, the defense minister of Bulgaria, uh, Solomon Passy. I think yes, he came yes, from the yes. Tsarist party. That, that, that's another nonsense, right, in Bulgarian politics, that we had a Tsarist party, a party owned and ran by by the remnants of the fascist monarchy in Bulgaria. So yeah. this is this is another ridiculous moment. But then the, the Socialist Party was supporting that. 
Yeah, yes, the Socialist Party was completely on board with uh, Bulgaria becoming part of uh, NATO. Uh, they kind of resisted, but that was during the times of uh, the last, let's say, socialist uh, uh, prime minister who tried in some way to uh, at least slow down the new liberal shock therapy uh, reforms, uh, Jean Vidyanov. They tried to resist when Bulgaria opened its skies yeah. to for both. And they staged the colored revolution against him. They staged the colored revolution against... Uh, 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 yeah. uh, say the name again. A... Say the name again of this prime minister. Um, uh, Jean Vidyanov. Jean Vidyanov, thank yes. you. Yes. Uh, Jean Vidyanov was the last member of the Socialist Party who... Uh, let's say was not from the Gorbachevist clique. Let's say yeah. like someone who actually did not come from the the new liberal structures of the nomenclatura, which is yeah. what's like the, the highest political elite in the in the Communist Party, uh, which I I call Gorbachevists. Uh, and I think we should make this uh, differentiation. We should not say that all of the political party elite was uh, on board with uh, this transition. Um, so-called transition, uh, they're, they're, it was just the fact that uh, uh, those who were, the, you know, the Gorbachevists, uh, the Gorbachevist uh, nomenclatura dominated uh, and they, they started this uh, the, the changes. So Jean Vidunov, I think, was uh, someone who uh, tried to stop the process, but nevertheless, it was already too late and we can also talk about the fact that the speculations of uh, George uh, Soros at that time and yeah. the and also some mistakes let's happened. let's be honest some mistakes on the part of yeah. Jean Vidanov's kind of you know political actions yeah. like as a prime minister but 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 that's yeah that, that's that's late 90s we've really had a colored revolution in Bulgaria a success a first successful one some claim you know mm -hmm. mm, so that, i that would was... mark i would mark kind of the 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 slow but uh, sure transformation of Bulgarian Socialist Party from, let's say, Social Democratic Party, because it never was the actual, so, actually socialist uh, uh, from the beginning of the 1980, since the 1989 transformation, uh, but uh, let's say Social Democratic to neoliberal around this period, around the late nine, uh, 90s. And uh, especially during the government of, the, of uh, Sergei Stanishev, who was another uh, leader of the Socialist Party, it became quite clear uh, that uh, that B B Bulgarian Socialist Party is uh, uh, taking very new liberal kind of characteristics, uh, very similar maybe to Tony Blair's Labour Party. Yeah, and, and they yeah. thanked him. They thanked him by making him the leader, Sergei Stanishev, the former prime minister of Bulgaria from the Socialist Party. They The, the West has thanked him by making him the head of the Socialist and Democrats uh, uh, fraction oh, in yes. the European Parliament, right? Mm -hmm. So he re he's really done a great job for them. Let's, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes, that's, 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 that's true, yes. Um, I mean, because, the, because frankly, the situation with the Socialist parties in the European Union is not, uh, it's not very different. The, uh, the, the difference here is that Bulgaria has this history of actual socialism existing with it, all of its achievements in, in terms of uh, social, uh, in terms of uh, social, political, cultural, economic uh, achievements modernization of the state the only time of real modernization of, 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 of the bulgarian state not to speak of uh, level of education level of healthcare, uh, all of the achievements of the socialist uh -huh. state with the emphasis on 
on on uh, social policies uh, with the emphasis uh, on on let's not kit ourselves on cl- on class struggle in its ideology uh, and mm-hmm. the emphasis on the rights of uh, on workers' rights. Uh, all of that is lost now, and the Bulgarian Socialist Party uh, resembles what is what is the, the the left in 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 the European Union. Uh, so we're we're not much of an exception. You're trying to say here, yes, right? We are not yeah. much of an exception. Uh, and maybe the the other interesting thing is, as far as I I'm not very familiar, but as far as I know. Uh, Where's there is still a socialist party here, whereas in the other uh, Eastern European countries, that process has kind of there's there they don't there doesn't seem to be any any kind of the traditional left socialist uh, parties uh, left no. there. No, 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 no. I uh, speaking from the bitter Polish experience, I can tell you that you know they've done their best to to cease to exist, and they've done that because the party itself became a liability for them. You know, the so-called democratic left alliance that that the former United Workers' Party transformed itself into, you know, they've discovered we have the oligarchs, or, well, the oligarchs, the kind of micro-oligarchs that we can have here, like not all like in Russia or, you know, in the United States. But we, we have our rich people, we have our millionaires, we have our enterprises, we have our cut of the economy, we have our influence in... You know, in the secret services, the police, the army, and everywhere. Why do we need this party? This party should go right. because it's like you know, right. you have to make political statements, you have to confront the people, you have to do all those things. What is that? <laughs> that makes no sense, right? So they just, yeah, they, they still have it. I mean, they still have it formally. They're, they they have a small, small presence in the parliament, even you know, although they've mm-hmm. lost it for a few years previously. But this is not to make any politics. This is just to run their own little show. Just to pretend that they actually are there, and just in case they have some caterers who could reach out to, you know, people with political positions. So, is this the same in Bulgaria, more or less? Like, you know, with all. I, I think this is a this is a, the process that we're experiencing right now. Yes, with uh, the leadership of uh, Cornelia Ninovac, who is actually someone who comes from the right. She was yeah. uh, during Kostov's yeah. uh, government, right? So, yeah. She, so. Uh, which is you know we have former right wing politicians leading the Bulgarian Socialist Party today into a, a, a death trap really yes. or we were already there we're just waiting for the execution yeah yes yeah yes. And, and let's 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 also mention there was this um, uh, prime minister for a short brief period uh, during this reign of Boyko Boris of 15 years nearly as i said there was this small period of i think 2 years or something like that uh, when leftist or at least officially nominally speaking leftist politician from the socialist party became a prime minister when they won the elections in 2013 14 was it something around that time and and this guy his name was plamen oresharsky oresharsky yes yeah he also used to be an anti a member of an anti-communist right-wing party right yeah, that's those are the caters of the socialist party today. I mean, where do you want to take it with with, with such people at the head, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so let's let's just drop it here, and we're going to speak about how how it, how this process that we described here 
contributed to the formation of the of a new party called the Revival. We're going to talk about that, and and, and which became the third political force, parliamentary uh, wise at least. Uh, and uh, they also seem to be a party which is very uh, enthusiastic about itself and about its participation in politics, and it attracts a lot of attention. We're going to talk about it in the next segment. Meanwhile, some ho- household matters. Please go ahead and hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit any button that makes sense to you right now uh, vis-a-vis like, the platform you're watching us or listening to our program uh, from. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, also, don't forget to, to the extent that, you know, you can afford it to support our work financially through Patreon, PayPal, or through purchasing a paid subscription on our Substack profile. Thank you very much. See you in the next segment. Thank you, Bujin. And, uh, and see, you, you. see you soon. See you soon.